Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Uh, welcome back to Ozpiz. Great to have your company on this Monday afternoon. We kick off at midday as we always do with the call and uh, 10 stocks that we analyze that you send in all in an hour, we put them to uh, two experts and what a team we have today. One of our favourites, Nathan Thomas-Sandaran from Deep Dive Analytics. Nathan, good to see you. And Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, how are you? Thanks, good to see you. Nice to see you. Um, how are you feeling about the market at the moment? I've been asking mm. people at the start of the call for a while. We've had, uh, I think the highest is one of our experts, 80% cash at the moment. Wow. And the lowest, about 20 <laughs> well, in most of our funds, we're fully deployed. In our ethical fund, we still have about 20%. But right. that's because I keep on suggesting unethical businesses. <laughs> I've, tried to, I, I've tried to get coal miners in there, making uh, awesome, but no, the manager's yeah, not having yeah. any Clean of it, so. coal now that's and right. all that sort of thing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's not, nothing, not, not a comment on the market. Really. So, so mm-hmm. you're not... Uh, concerned about the uncertainty in the markets at the moment? Look, there's always something to, to worry about. Yeah. I don't remember ever being it's in a, really a period. It's a really good comment. There's always something to worry about. No one's it? ever yeah. said to me, oh, look, everything's great. Yeah. Let's go. That, that's, that's not happened. Uncertainty is the reason why you have opportunity and why you have variances in valuation. If, yeah. if there was complete certainty, there'd be no opportunity. Right. I, I do think there is a... All the signs are there for a bubble emerging in in particular parts of the tech industry. Yeah. Um, extreme valuations, hyper activity among retail investors, listings, insider sales. I mean, it's all there. Yeah. All, all the all the red flags you look for are right. showing up. So right. I'm cautious about that area. But outside that, we're still finding plenty of opportunity. Hmm. Nathan, what about you? Look, our models actually went. Uh, Maximum cash, which is about fifty percent, in at the end of Jan, right. hasn't changed. Uh, it's still fifty percent cash, 50% cash. 50% and cash. all the models are doing quite well. Um, we didn't obviously fall as much. Um, right. We were quite defensive into it. Um, the bounce happened pretty quickly. <clears throat> the only problem with that is we haven't had the economic cycle play out. Yeah. So you need to have bankruptcies. You need to have bad businesses go down. And then the good businesses hire, grow. Right. That's your economic cycle. Right. Markets always run ahead of it. Yeah. Um, we've looked at our multiples. We always look at everything relative. It went probably about 10 to 15% above what we expected. That happened straight away. So we didn't have any real change for our macro. Right. So we remained 50% cash and we're still 50% cash. Mm-hmm. Um, I got no problem in sitting in 50% cash, looking at the market saying, it'll come back and I'm happy to wait because right. overall in a market, generally you get two to three cycles where you make 15 to 20%, the rest of the time you're playing defensive. Yeah. So that cycle for me is more on the downside than upside at this point. Mm. So okay. I'd, be, I'd be very cautious in the market. Okay, all right. Cautious at the moment, that surprises you. I'm surprised. You're, you're yeah. sitting there shaking your head. Well, thinking, generally, I'm. Nathan, I, you've shocked me. 
I'm usually the, the, the miserable, <laughs> exactly. miserable one. <laughs> Nathan's a cheerful one. <laughs> but see, see, one of my uh, bets is actually short the US market. Yeah. Uh, we've been sitting on that for about a month and a half. Right. And that's working quite well, and I don't see any reason why to unwind it. Right. October is the most volatile month yeah. in the U.S. market. Yeah. You're going into a, one of those weird election cycles. Um, central banks are already on very low rates. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's a pretty decent bet that the U.S. market goes lower through October when there's so much uncertainty that's going to play yeah. out. Yeah. You know, one of the things I have learned... Um, and I've tried to put this into practice over the last couple of years, is that um, the world generally, but I'd say investing specifically, belongs to the optimist. Yeah. I, I don't think there are any rewards for pessimism in life, and I don't think there are any rewards for in investing. Yeah. Uh, the worst mistakes I have made have come from excess pessimism, not yeah. using my imagination enough on the upside. And I think those, those are hard mistakes because you don't often count them. You count the ones that fall a lot, yep. and you don't count the ones that you fail to take advantage of. Yeah. But those are more painful in my experience. Yeah. So I would say if, even if you are concerned or worried, the gains you get from pessimism are just nil and yeah. it causes more harm. Yeah. I'm with you. <clears throat> it's probably my biggest weakness. I'm a, always a glass half full sort of bloke. So <laughs> you can always get through it. <laughs> All right. Let's take a look at the stocks that uh, you've asked us to look at. Before we do that, I choose a stock of the day. One that's uh, in the news. I thought we'd have a look at corporate travel management. Um, in a trading halt this morning as it attempts to fund its latest acquisition, according to the Financial Review. The equity raising expected to be worth about $400 million to be overseen by Morgan Stanley and Morgans. Uh, this comes only a week after the managing director declared his company had survived the COVID-19 pandemic with revenue holding up better than expected and was looking for opportunities. Uh, good sign, that's optimistic. What do you reckon of corporate travel? Yeah, oh, look, we've actually been quite cautious of corporate travel in the past. We've yeah. um, we've done very well out of Flight Centre um, for a long period, over, over a 10-year period. We've been in and out of that stock and done very well out of it. We've never bought or recommended corporate travel, yeah. even though it ticks a lot of boxes. Management um, you know, has, a, has a great founder-led management. Um, their historical results have been terrific. They're nimble and aggressive. Um, one of the, the concerns we've had are really about um, margins. They just look very high. Um, and I've always thought that they'd be competed away, and yet they, they never are. Uh, and I think that's a sign of exceptional management. Uh, and I think there is also a, a stickiness in the corporate space that you don't see in, in the retail space. Yeah. And we've had a long association with um, Flight Center, where we've seen normalization of margins and a lot of volatility in margins. Right. Yeah, it hasn't really translated in the corporate space. Mm. So I think we've been wrong about um, corporate travel for a long time. This is the time to start looking at it. As we speak, um, one of our analysts is diving deep into corporate travel. And I think I'm v uh, this is the moment one should try and get acquainted with it. Um, right. I'm very encouraged by the words of the CEO. This is exactly what separates uh, great management from merely competent management, is, right. is how they react in situations like this. And the fact that um, the, the founder is being aggressive now, I think speaks very mm. well for the business. Um, I would, I mean, we're looking at it now, um, so I can't really form an opinion, but no. I, I'd be inclined to um, be more optimistic about this. Right. I think um, this is the time to, to get, in, in, get interested. If you're ever gonna look at this kind of stock, now is the time to do it. Okay. It's a stock that uh, separates the market. Uh, there's been short stories on it. Mm. Um, 
accounting issues have been raised. Yes, we've noticed some um, of that. So well, those yeah. kind of things do play out, so you've got to be careful. This is a sector where people have tried to pick the bottom number of times. Um, Flight Centre, Corporate mm. Travel, Webjet, Hello World. Um, generally, I think there was going to be, market got really excited that things could open up and you know, flick a switch, everything's mm. back on. Yeah. Uh, no, that does not happen. Um, and the human uh, tendency is to be always skeptical, as we've just discussed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and people will take time. Mm. Uh, but there will be, I think there will be opportunities. And I think this one is of interest for the market, especially because it's cheap. It's been mm. beaten up. Yeah. We all know that, and we all know we're, everyone's going to eventually travel. So the question would be, is it cheap enough? Um, management doing what they're doing now can be taken two ways. One, you can say they're being smart, they're at the bottom, they're doing transaction. This could prove in the long term to be positive. Or the guy on the other side of the fence is going to say, this is dodgy, their accounting has you know, got questions, and then you're more doing more acquisition to make it even more questionable. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it depends on which side of the fence you are. The people who don't like it are not going to yeah. change their mind. But I think Graham's right. I think it's interesting because it is one where it's a event-driven downgrade cycle, so things can turn around. Uh, and the market has been questioning their growth story and the margins for years as it was running higher and higher and higher. So in context, I think it's not too bad. And if you're getting into that cap raising, you're probably doing well. I think if you've been a shareholder, you're probably getting filleted. Any ideas what they're buying, Mika? Oh, I don't know. Um, but my guess historically has been most of these guys are buying in multiple different regions mm. too. And we've seen with Flight Center, they're vertically integrating other parts of the travel industries right. at the bottom. But right. most of these guys are going broke. And yeah. you can add that on. And later on, there'll be massive margin gains. Uh, so that's the upside for it. So I think it is, Graham's right. This is the time to look at it. Okay. Um, and I think you, you just got to also have at the bottom of your stomach saying, okay, this will be volatile for the next six to 12 months. Right. It's worth pointing out, we actually own Flight Center and flight, inside Flight Center is the world's fourth largest corporate travel business. It is multiples the size of CTD. Yes. And I've, I, because they've never broken out the results of that corporate business, um, we've had yeah. to guess at how uh, attractive it is. I think Flight Center will now choose to break out its corporate business and the world will see that it's sitting on it in a little gem. I think the corporate travel business inside Flight Center is going to surprise by how attractive it really is. And that could be a catalyst okay. for the, the, the other way would be, is if, you, if you're interested in that stock, buy a couple of them. Buy, you know, yeah. split the money, put yeah. it into corporate mm -hmm. travel and flight mm -hmm. center, yep. and don't look at it for six to 12 months. Yep. One of them is going to go bang. Yep, yep, okay. So are you saying yes? Yes. Okay. And you, you can't say yes? Uh, I've got my eyes looking at it. I okay. can't really preempt right. him. All yeah. right. Um, Hold the phone, he'll get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's look at our first uh, stock suggested by Max and Nathan Max wants to be on Commonwealth Pack. Biggest uh, of the big four. Yeah, and it's always on a premium. Yeah. Um, if you look at retail clients, they tend to hold this way too much, as with most banks. Mm. Uh, it's under structural challenge. Their macro is quite negative. Yes, they just had. Uh, I suppose the regulatory improvement slightly. Yep. They still have to activate all the Royal Commission um, suggestions. So there's still a fair bit to play through in the sector. I'm not getting excited. There's been a bounce. But the biggest positive for the sector is it is a massive sector in our yep. market. And it plays to our currency. We've had a bit of a pullback in the US dollar. Sorry, we've had a bounce in the US dollar. That's pulled back the Aussie. I don't think that'll last too long. Yes, the government came out and threw out a bad story, um, you know, deficits forever. RBA's come out and thrown their kitchen sink at it. We're going to yeah. cut rates. 
to bring the currency down. It won't last. We're literally holding a little bucket of water, throwing it on a bushfire. That ain't going to work because when the Fed goes down, everything else goes up. So Aussie dollar will go up. And when Aussie goes up, the global guys buy our banks. They're going to buy value trades to get the currency exposure. And our banks are liquid, big, massive, government-backed. They're a cartel without being a cartel. So they will get pushed up by the global guys. So it's not going to underperform. I think it'll perform with the market. I don't think it's going to be a massive outperform. So if you get a run on it with the currency, I'd be taking money off that and going for more of a growth stories. But banks are not going to be or should not be sitting at 30, 40% of your portfolio going forward. Because no. over the next five to 10 years, that's not going to get your returns. Yep, okay. No, I agree. We, we come across this too often, retail investors who have huge exposure mm. to the banks. Yeah. And they're often reluctant to reduce it because of the tax considerations. Yes. Yep. And that's tricky, I understand that, and that's hard. Yeah. But I would not be holding anywhere near the market position in any of the banks. Um, we have dramatically cut our bank exposure over the years. Um, I think we're at the point now where the pricing is okay and I'm okay holding here, but there are better ideas really. There's no magic about CBA and there's no magic about the other banks. They earn higher ROEs than international peers because they have higher property exposure. And the way bank bank weightings work is that you're allowed to hold more gearing against property. So what looks like a superior, more profitable business is actually a business that's just more exposed to one type of asset class. Yeah. Um, and so the fortune of the banks will follow the fortune of the property market. Uh, I think one's beliefs about mm. property should influence your decision on banks. I, I think there are better opportunities. Right. We had another of the big four on the call <coughs> last week, and one of the experts said, well, if you've written it down, <laughs> you might as well hold on I, to I it. strongly disagree my, with that. Yeah. 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 Me too, because yeah. mm. I challenged and yeah. said, what about the opportunity? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> of just going, it's been a shocker. Get rid of it. Um, get your tax advice, of course, and all that sort of yeah. stuff. But there are better opportunities. Oh, I mean, a simple look at the large cap space. You look at CSLs come back, Combank's yeah. come back. Yeah. I would sell Combank all day long yes. and buy CSL. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, CSL will come yeah. back more, but the growth story in that will drive for years. Yeah. Where Combank is being seriously challenged and we'll have a lot more tougher years ahead. Your outperformance yeah. is very little, yeah. quite a lot. Yeah. And, and the mindset you bring to investing, it is not good enough to say that, oh, I've written it down, I'll just leave it. <laughs> every right. single position in your portfolio needs to fight for its spot, yeah. and you need to constantly test every dollar you have allocated in the market. Yeah. If you don't do that, you're just a patsy sitting there. Just mind yeah. go buy an ETF or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've yeah. got, you got to play very hard to do better than the market. Really good point. Mm-hmm. All right, Jack wants a view, uh, Gaurav, on Regional Express, the uh, Rex, mm. uh, the airline, the regional airlines, has really been given a kick along by the government mm. <laughs> during this well, and yes. making big noises now about it's going to fill the hole from, uh, from Virgin and maybe get into some of the bigger trunk routes. Um, Trun, is it out of Singapore? Singapore investors are in Rex, aren't they? I think the major... Uh, I think it's one out of us. So you might be right. Perhaps there are some yeah, yeah. Singaporeans in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is a su- surprisingly good business. I mean, I remember, you know, as I was going through my value training, being taught never, ever to buy airlines. Yeah. And I think we've just got to be more flexible than that. 
Um, well, Warren Buffett said that for a long time, then he bought in. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then he dumped it. <laughs> then, yeah, <laughs> then he regretted it and thought I should have followed my own advice earlier. Yeah. This, is all, this is another thing I've learned that as you're learning the ropes in investing, it pays to be rigid and hold on to the rules. Yeah. And as you get better and better, you've got to learn how to let go of the rules and know when to break the rules. Yeah. And buying airlines strategically is sometimes a good rule-breaking method. And I think we're in one of these times now where it might be a sensible um, idea to start buying airlines. Rex yeah. is, a, is a fine, no, not a fine, it's an okay business. It's a better than average airline business, but it's in a market where we've got two of the best airlines really in the world. Qantas is a pretty good business, to be yeah. honest. Forget about airlines. Yeah. Take away the, um, the international part, because I think that's the worst part of the business, but you've got a domestic, um, well, monopoly now, but yeah. traditionally an, a duopoly that earns properly good returns on capital. One of the best businesses in Australia is that uh, frequent flyer points yep. business. And that is perpetually undervalued inside Qantas. Um, and then you've got a freight business, which is okay as well. So I actually think Qantas looks better than Rex at this point. Right, okay. And I also give a shout out to Alliance Aviation, oh, yeah. which is a <laughs> great airline great business. business. Yeah, it's and almost got a like a mining services business. Yes, you're right. So That's correct. Yes. airline. It's and just done great through this. Probably has um, the, the best management in the industry as well. Alliance. Alliance. Oh, Fantastically managed business. I, I really like the way those guys operate. Alan Joyce is also a wonderful operator, yeah, so um, it's, it's, it's a tough competition. But and I would buy those two over Rex. Yeah, and Olivia Worth, who runs the points business, is... Lord maybe the next, uh, maybe the next CEO. So, yeah. Yeah. Whoa, gee. there you go, Olivia. You've mm. got someone sprinkling. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Nathan. What do you think of Rex? Ah, uh, look. Uh, so prefer Qantas. Prefer Qantas and Alliance. Yes. Yeah. Look, mm. I think Alliance is a great business model. Uh, they've always been pretty stable. Uh, I think Rex and Alliance have come out on the better side of this deal. Uh, yes. You know, yeah. in every crisis, there's an opportunity. Yes. And yeah. they've taken the opportunity and ran with it. Um, Qantas has been smashed. The recovery in Qantas is bugger all. So you're in a good spot going into Qantas mm -hmm. if you're playing the recovery cycle where yeah. Alliance and Rex already have a fair amount of that recovery cycle and the competitive improvement yeah. already in the price. Um, so in that context, I would say Qantas is looking a better bet. Yep. Uh, but I, I just can't get past the whole concept of why would you be um, looking at the airline when you can look at the airport. Just look yeah. at the airport. So well, the, the, the airport is more exposed to international travel. Sure. The most profitable part of Qantas is actually the domestic travel. I, I don't disagree yeah. on the Qantas. You've got fuel costs yeah. coming down, the cost cutting. And I agree, um, agree yeah. on that. Um, I think Qantas is a good bet. <clears throat> mm. uh, I would look at uh, Auckland International Airport and number one and then Sydney Airport's number two yeah. after Qantas. Look, we, we own both so. of those, and we actually have, I think we have buys on them at the moment, in fact. So uh, I, I don't want to talk them down, but right. I think one needs to moderate your return expectations for Sydney sure. Airport. A lot of the, the historic returns have come from holding a huge pile of debt, um, and I don't think that's possible anymore. I, I think mm -hmm. we're looking at a permanent change in the capital <coughs> structure, and that has to mean that equity returns will fall from here. They right. will be lower. This is not the same asset as it was a, ye yeah. a year ago. Is that, is that why yeah. a lot of people prefer Auckland because yeah. it's a property play as Exactly. Well as That's so. why I would say Auckland uh, it's a much better bet. Um, right. I agree with you. I, I actually think we're in a probably a, a decade of deleveraging. Right. So mm. the business structures with the really high debt play will find it harder it, yeah. because right. everyone will tell you inflation is never going up. Guess yeah. what? When everyone tells you that, 
it generally yeah. goes the other way. But also, the yeah. bankers are going to now ask them, yeah. um, you know, what are you, what's your pandemic plan? Yeah. How yeah. is your capital structure suited yeah. to a bank? It's, it's now, and that risk is now on the books. that's consistent cost base that's going to sit on every business. Yes, right? that's right. You know, okay. It's yeah. just like, even if you go to a restaurant, they've got to have a um, hand sanitizer, they've got to have this, they've got to right. have that, they've got to wash that, and all of those things add to the cost. Yeah. So there's a, there's a step up in cost for everyone, mm. in almost every business. And so, yes, there is that play. Oh, look, if I had to pick an airline, I would go with Qantas. Right. But again, it could be a bad six to 12 months. So you've got to be willing to sit through that. Yeah. Otherwise, don't go into yeah. it. If okay. I had to pick an airport, I'd probably go with Auckland International. Auckland. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you for that, Jack. Uh, Stuart Maitam wants a view on Ampol, the old uh, Caltex, Australia. Um, owns all the petrol stations, but a couple of refineries as well. Yeah, look, I'm a big fan. I uh, have been uh, after the previous pullback, and I'm still mm. positive on the stock. Um, the big thing I would look at is have a look at the amount of cars on the road. Mm. Um, I tend to, you know, as with everything else, I count everything, yeah. even cars on the road. And one thing that you have seen in the last month is that traffic outside the city has dramatically picked up. Yep. Um, I mean, I drive from the west. The minute you get around Haberfield, uh, before it used to be a clean run. Yeah. Right. Now, get to Haverfield, bumper to bumper. Right. All the way to Anzac Bridge, it's bumper to bumper. And it yeah. starts at around 5.45, 6 in the morning. Jeez. <laughs> so that tells you there's mm. a fair amount, but they don't go, they're not going into the city. You can look out the city, there's not much traffic in the yes, city. Yes, that's right. So they're going everywhere around. Yeah. The suburbs are seeing a fair amount of traffic. Yeah. People are driving. Yeah. So people are buying fuel. So Ample should be doing well. And you know, even if you think... The other part of it, as we were discussing before, if you're not having overseas travel, people will be driving around. Yeah. And a lot of that will be yeah. domestic tourism and people will drive. There'll be a lot more fuel consumption. So I think Ampol is a very good business model. I still think the M&A cycle is still to play out in Ampol as well. Right. So I think it's a... Still over it's five a years. It's still low apart from the, exactly. uh, the March pullback. So it, it's, it's actually, I think it's cheap. Mm. I think it's one of those value trades okay. here. And you, the free kick is obviously if, if the M&S cycle returns. Right. Um, I think the um, chief corporate officer, I think from memory, recently moved across to the guys who bid on them last. Right. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing they probably have pretty good information now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can oh, like fine tune their bid. Mm. So um, oh, yes, I think I think it's You're a good, it's a value. value I think it's a value trade with an M&A kicker on top. Okay. All right. Now. Um, Gravy subtly sort of dropped in there that he's on the way to work at 5.45. Yes, I noticed so, that. <laughs> you know, big brownie points. Uh, early bird catches the worm. Yeah. Didn't miss that one. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of Airpop? Well, look, we've owned this in the past and done really well from it. Um, I think it's still a business that's quite misunderstood. Um, it's really a retailer of fuel and there's a good infrastructure business alongside that. By that I mean it, it makes money by moving fuel around uh, a large fixed asset base. So the, um, the, 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 the death of um, aviation fuel has been really detrimental to this business and that's oh. still why it hasn't recovered. Because oh, okay. as volumes fall in the company, it's got a large fixed asset base. The lower volumes going around, flood, moving around that base means lower margins for everything. Um, and, and that's going to stay that so way for some time. So it's a big supplier of jet fuel sort of stuff. It is. Uh, it has, oh, a, well, I think, a quarter of the market okay. or so. A friend of mine um, used oh, to be yeah. heading that division. And oh. That's what he said. Oh, right. That's where they make the money. They make great oh, margins yeah. on that, yeah. Oh, oh. But they also make... Um, uh, petrol stations are actually quite good businesses. The number of petrol stations in Australia peaked in, I think it's 1970. It's been declining ever since. 
I think I had these numbers in my head. Uh, the number of petrol stations is actually more than halved, um, even though the population has more than has roughly doubled right. um, in the last twenty years or so. So they've put up blocks of units on the sites and mm. things like and that. And the industry has consolidated. Yeah. Um, the margin on unleaded fuel has doubled over the last ten years, even though the volumes have fallen. So it's it's a company that's actually mm. not as bad as you might think. Yeah. Um, the problem they're facing now is that. Um, uh, is, is fuel volumes are now falling a lot faster. Right. And, and it's not just about electric cars, it's just about the uh, small improvement in fuel efficiency that happens every single year. And that's driving down volumes. And as I said, they've got a large fixed asset base, so lower volumes really hit the margin line. Right. I still think there's value here though, because they have a big property portfolio. They own all their, yeah. well, a lot of their stores, they actually own the land on as well. And they uh, get good margins on the stores, they own, the well, they, they own good money, but the convenience sales are a surprisingly small portion of the total oh, mix. Really? Okay. The, the, the fuel margin is still very large, and right. the infrastructure margin of actually moving fuel around. Right. There's only two companies who can move fuel end-to-end. -end. It's BP and, and Ampol. Right. Um, and so it's a bit of a duopoly there, and, and they, they milk it. They do reasonably right. well. Very well-managed company, I think. Um, and we don't own it and we don't have a buy on it. I'd probably call this a hold because the, right. the price is, is attractive. Yeah. But honestly, in, in five or 10 years, I think this company is still going to be facing headwinds. It's a difficult space to make good returns from. Okay. Um, I would probably at best leave it as a hold. Okay. I agree with Nathan. It is cheap, but sometimes it's cheap is not enough. Yeah, mm -hmm. well, I would look at this not as a fuel retailer. I look at it as a logistics play. I think the the, my, my preferred candidate to take them out is someone like Amazon. What? Really? Because what they want yeah. is logistics. So they, they want to be able to pick yeah. up from places. Mm. And if the future is drones are going to fly around and drop things off, mm. you order what you want, it'll be at a petrol shed near your place, you go pick it up, uh, they sell food in the morning, they, you go in, and if it is the future is electric, you go in, plug your car, you go in, have a bite, buy a few things and come out. They're actually planning for that. That's a, exactly. this, is, this is a well-managed business. It's, it's transition is playing out. They're actually using their sites now to do um, to do uh, like lunch, coffee, yeah. laundry, yeah. parcel yeah. pickups. Um, and yeah. this is a well-prepared business for the future, but you're actually, it, it's a risky proposition. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And they do yeah. the, they do the first uh, stores in New Ideas, yeah. usually around Concord. Yes, I've noticed that. Yes, because oh, yeah, I, I drive past it. Yeah. So every time I, I go there yeah. to get fuel just to see what they're doing in that store. Because mm. oh, that's, that's usually the first yeah. store that gets fixed up. And then they mm. move that around the West yeah. and then they expand. Oh, so good tip. Cool. All right. Uh, thank you for that suggestion, Stuart. Now, Charlotte wants a view, uh, Gaurav, on Demem. I haven't heard about it, but uh, Singapore Australian company in the uh, water and wastewater treatment business. I'd never heard of it either. No. So I've only spent um, sort of five or 10 minutes looking at it. I was wondering if it was sort of a, another Foslock or uh, oh, Let's hope treatment. not. <laughs> yeah, uh, it looks like that they've licensed some um, technology from a, a, a Singaporean, I think, university, and they're trying to commercialize that. It's, it's a membrane for treating and filtrating water, which is um, you know, uh, it, it solves a legitimate, difficult problem. So uh, I think it ticks that box well. Monetizing this technology is a different, it's a different idea than, than coming up with it in the first place. Um, yeah. And my, I have a few concerns. One is that they didn't really originate the technology. They bought and licensed it. 
and the presentation is filled with buzzwords, jargon. I think they used water as a service. Every time I see as a service, I really just want to slap someone. It, there's a lot of people you can see. <laughs> it really puts me off. I, I, now, this is either a, a very good problem to solve and it will monetize sometime in the future. It's worth watching. Or it's a company that's latched on to a university right. technology and is trying to market it using yeah. sexy buzzwords. Right. I don't know which one that is, but I don't want to take that bet either. So I would right. just steer clear yeah. of this. Yeah. I wish they had presented it just a bit bit better. Uh, it's 45 to 50 mil market cap. Yeah. Um, it was half that uh, probably around March, April. Yeah. So this is illiquid, can move around quite a bit. It's, it's a high risk investment. So you, you, you're playing the thematic and you hope you've got to really trust management to deliver because yeah. when things go wrong, this will go to you know, half or 75% yeah. down. Um, so in that context, you know, we don't know enough about it. We don't know enough about management. It's a thematic that a lot of people are interested in, but execution is still yeah. distant away. So it's just too hard. Yep. Okay. Um, now, Tim wants uh, a view on computer share. Is that hard? Um, computer share is the mm. uh, the big trading platform that all your shares go through and share registry mm. and they've got into trustee services and around the globe at the moment. Yeah, they always have some interesting little bit that you go, oh, that looks good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you got your um, billing system that they had inside it. Um, obviously, you've got technology changes that are affecting it and they potentially could benefit from it. But it's just not one that's pr performed that well over a number of years. And it's, it's had a big reputation. That's it right. has. Yeah. But it's, and it, interestingly, our tech sector, because of the geeks classification, this is the biggest monster in there. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> if you look at the tech index, because, oh. of the, because the way geeks... Strange. Okay. Yeah, the way geeks mm. classified is where you get your most of your revenue, okay. that's where you are. So Wally is actually an energy stock. Oh, even though it's a mining services. So the sector classification has a huge, okay, I'm a data geek. Yeah. So it has a huge <laughs> implication of how it behaves and how people trade it. Mm. So this actually comes in the tech sector. Mm. Now, the tech sector has actually done a lot better if you remove computer share out of it. <laughs> so it's like gold Hold sector, you've got to take out Newcrest and it looks a lot better. <laughs> um, and that's, that's mm. been one of the things. Um, okay. It's just been tough. It's a defensive play. But it's one of those underperforming defensive plays yeah. that's been underperforming for a while. So, yeah, I think I've tried to look at the positive side of this so many times. Right. And then I've just told myself, don't. Right. It's not doing well. Management hasn't executed the growth story to turn this around. Don't try for the little things that are going to deliver the upside. There's a much easier way to get better returns. Right. Stay away. So this okay. is one where I've tried for years to try and pick the boat <laughs> out of it. It just hasn't worked, so I'm staying out of it. Yeah. We've owned this in the past, and I would argue in the past it was a very high-quality business. When it was a, um, uh, when it was a share registry business, mm. that's a great business. Yeah. Um, very high returns, very sticky customers, lots of transactions, can gain you good margins. Yeah. Um, but then it moved away, and its second largest business is now um, mortgage services. Um, which is yeah. the, the, you know, the paperwork for, for mortgages. Yeah. It's just not as an attractive business. I think it's actually diluted the quality of computer share. This is not as good as it used to be. Right. And um, we've actually, we've not held this for years. And I think we've actually stopped covering it um, from memory. I don't, 
recall who the analyst is on it anymore. I just don't think this is the same quality business as it yeah. used to be. Uh, um, it's a very good example of what happens when a company reaches the natural end of its sort of logical business and then reaches for trying to, trying to do yeah. something else. You often dilute the quality. Yeah. Um, I would much prefer this to be a, a no-growing uh, shared registry business that yeah. just churned out cash rather than uh, a yeah. growing mortgage services Gro business. Growth yeah. for growth's sake and yeah. diluted the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. It's still okay, but uh, and it's, and that, it's cheap the, on the numbers. That is actually yeah. the danger in it. Yeah, Every time you look right. at it, you go, that's a big cap. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. And the problem is, it's not okay. Because <laughs> in the last two, three mm. years, I've tried to make it okay. Yeah. It hasn't been okay. Yeah. So, yeah. And particularly don't. if it's lumped in the tech sector. Exactly. There have been so many other good stocks yeah. at the moment. All right. Uh, that's our, um, our first five stocks. Uh, halfway through, let's just check in corporate travel. Uh, a yes from Nathan Gorab is watching it. They're analysing it at the moment, and he promises to get back to us. Um, CBA <laughs> is a is a hold from Gorab, a no from um, Nathan. Uh, Rex a no from both. Uh, Gorab uh, prefers Qantas if you want to get into this space. Um, and Nathan skews towards the actual uh, airports themselves, Auckland number one, uh, Sydney number two. Um, Ampol, um, a good buy from, uh, from Nathan at these levels. Uh, Gorab has a hold on it, Demem a no, and ComputerShare a no. Uh, here on the call, we're running our own portfolio since the 1st of July. Any stock, uh, any of the 10 stocks that gets a thumbs up, uh, goes into the calls portfolio, and we track it as a way of just seeing, uh, keep you on top of investing and trends, and uh, if one of those stocks in, in the call come up again, and the experts don't give it the two thumbs up, it goes out again. Um, let's take a look at how it's going at the moment. Uh, last week down 2% for the month, down one and a half, and since the 1st of July up eight and a quarter. Um, recently, um, uh, stocks that have been added, the battery tech and lithium ETF, uh, Altium, uh, Sydney Airport, uh, has been added, Afterpay and Baby Bunting. City Chic was booted out of it last week. Uh, you can check all the stocks in the calls portfolio. Head to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We'll keep tracking it every day. Coming up on the pulse in the next hour, Chief Executive of Smart Energy Council, John Grimes, joins us to explain why the government's technology roadmap has no destination. It needs to consider renewable energy more seriously. That's coming up in Osbiz in the next hour. All right, let's get into the, uh, the second five stocks. And uh, Nathan... Uh, Shanique wants a view on Sonic Healthcare, the big medical diagnostic labor laboratory pathology radiology group. Enormous. Um, it's a very good business. Um, yeah. I have to say, I probably underestimated it over time. Mm. It's a very good business. It's one of our top 10 picks in our 100 portfolio. Yeah. Um, does has held up really well. Um, it's not cheap anymore, yeah. but hell, it should, shouldn't be. It's good. Um, and it deserves where it is. Um, I probably would, uh, look, I, I think the market is going to have a bit of a slide and yeah. that, that'll give you an opportunity to jump in and this will be one of those stocks you should okay. be buying into. All right, uh, this came up, or oh, Helios came yes. up last yeah. week in the uh, same space. Mm -hmm. And by David, no uh, David uh, Noble and Francesco Destribus from Ords um, said Sonic's a better buy than Helios or IDX. I would put yes. it in there as well. Yeah, so. yeah we, uh, 
We've owned Sonic for a long time. I think we still own Sonic. <laughs> Taking a look at the portfolio, I think we still own it. We've had a, um, I think we first had a buy on it about $12, $13 years ago. Um, wow. And yes, it's a surprisingly good business. When our analysts first introduced this stock to us, I was quite surprised how resilient and strong it is. It, it has legitimate competitive advantages. So, you know, it has. Um, a handful of laboratories, not a handful, several, lots and lots of laboratories all around the world, and it sends out these um, little collections uh, trucks to pick up um, lab results. Um, and the more tests it can funnel through these laboratories, the more margin it can make, um, you know, the easier it is to encourage other doctors to send their tests through their facilities, uh, the quicker they can do it. It's just one advantage builds onto the other, the more scale it generates. And it's proved to be very difficult to compete with. The margins actually increase with size. Um, and it's now, it's, it's also bought a handful of, um, of, uh, of clinics as well. So those clinics funnel mm. um, yeah. the, the tests through to- sort of little satellites that keep exactly. the, the yeah. mothership. Not a bad business and, yeah. and they've done it better. Uh, this is what Helios used to do and made a meal of it. Right. Um, and these guys have done a better job. I think management here has been particularly good for a long time. Mm. Very high quality business. Um, I would, I'm still okay with this actually. I, I know it is a bit expensive, but right. um, you know, if it's, there, there are some businesses that it's worth paying up for, and I'd classify this okay. one in that category. Right. All right. And also the currency side of it, because where they are with European and Aussie exposure, um, I think over a period, as US dollar comes off, both of these will go up. So you'll actually do quite well. Okay. Mm. So it's very defensive right. as well. Okay. Uh, good analysis, Shining, there on Sonic Healthcare. Um, Gaurav, uh, Nancy wants a view on Fortescue Metals Group. Mm. Nancy, hopefully you're already a shareholder because your, <laughs> dividend, your dividend check lobs today. Mm. Uh, and Andrew Forrest, the, uh, the founder of Fortescue, his dividend check lobs today and it's worth $2 billion. Oh, wow. Is that right? Yeah, he just bought an African country. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his dividends this year, $2 no, billion. No. Wow. Wow. He deserves it, yeah. I reckon, because everyone was... For five years ago, forecasting the demise of this company, wasn't <coughs> we it? bought it at, at three dollars yes. something. Yes. Well, I, I have yeah. to give him credit. We, I think we were the only we were the only analysts in the country Why? with a buy because, because I remember covering it, talking about yeah. it, and I don't know him well, but yeah. I know Andrew reasonably well, and um, um, he was under massive pressure. Yes. Headlines saying that banks are about to close him yep. down. The whole thing. So the whole thesis you was, yeah, we, we bought then. Um, I didn't know things were going to turn out this way, but it was a probabilistic bet. So our so thesis sorry, at the time, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm going to gloat, gloat properly, right? Yeah, exactly right. Don't gloat halfway. Yeah. The, the thesis was that um, the market was convinced that the fall, that there was a big drop in, um, in the differential between the high-grade iron ore and the low-grade iron ore. Right. And so Fortescue's prices had been smashed, even yeah. though the iron ore price was notionally okay. Yeah. The discount historically is about 10%. It actually blew out to about 50%. Um, and Rio Tinto and BHP came out and said, we think this is a permanent change in the market. And all the analysts followed and said, this is a permanent change in the market. Mm. Um, Fortescue's margins are permanently crimped. And the share price had fallen nice. And, and we thought, well, maybe that's the case, but maybe it's not. Like, I don't know. Uh, do these guys know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no one knows. But the market had well, treated... Talk, talk in their book. Yeah. The market <laughs> had taken an uncertain variable and treated with, with, with certainty. And so the bet was one way. If we were wrong, well, the share price has already moved. And if we were right, there was a big upside. Yeah. And it, you know, I didn't know the answer, 
but because you play the probabilities, um, we were right, and we made yeah. big, big gains. Mm -hmm. To this day, Fortescue has been one of uh, my, my personal um, biggest um, money gainers, and yeah. I'm stunned because we were we had a sell on Fortescue for years. Yeah. It was hugely controversial inside the team um, to put a buy on this, um, but. During the time we held it, the business actually radically improved. Yep. The cost of production used to be about $40 a ton, and they've reduced that to 13 It's the most remarkable change in cost I've ever seen. And they did that because um, they used to selectively mine um, bits and pieces from a particular mine site, and they abandoned that mining method, and they started bulking up. They, they adopted bulk mining techniques, and then they blended. And so they're able to actually increase their scale and lower their costs. Um, and the business is terrifically run with the high quality logistics. Yeah. So the said all that, price around 120 bucks still, even it comes back to 80, if you're digging it out at 13, still a whopping margin. Well, it's a, it's a huge margin, but they're, only, they're still only getting, they're still getting a discount from everyone else. Oh. And once you add in all the other costs, you end up with about $25, $30 a ton. Right. So it's not as, 13 is the cash cost. Right. Okay. I, we've got to sell on this at the moment though. Right. Um, okay. Because I think iron ore at $120 is dreaming territory. This right. is, this is, if there's one thing I've learned over the years is you buy iron ore, uh, maybe sub 50 and you absolutely sell it um, post 100. Okay. Um, we've also got to sell on Rio Tinto as well. Right. Um, and, and I don't think this is the place okay. to be. Right. Yeah, it's, it, it was probably one of, we, I worked in a firm that actually raised money for them regionally. Oh, so is we that were, right? We were involved <laughs> in the early stages. Um, so we knew all the issues, how the mm. market and, you know, I'd say probably 70% of the market didn't believe in. Um, and yep. it, it kept on proving everyone wrong. But Graham's right. It's the, the way they were able to reduce the cost and improve the margin, pay off their debt. I mean, the last cycle when it ran up, it was geared like yeah. it was on steroids. Yep. Now you've got no gearing. It's just churning out cash. It's a great model. The only problem I've got with it is, it's the same as what Graham said, the iron ore price. Because the underlying data for me, and it is all about data, if you look at the data what's coming out of China, I don't get where the iron ore is going. I'm with you. <laughs> I can't. I mean, I've sliced I and diced it. it. Yeah, yeah. And trust me, I have a very boring life. I looked at a lot of data and I just can't find where it's going. Mm. So for me, it's a macro thematic that I can understand. Yeah. So the logic suggests that the Chinese traders have bought the iron ore and they are stockpiling it because they see a potential dilution of the US dollar and the one coming down with it. Yeah. So for them, they can buy it cheaper now and stockpile it. It's not going to go bad. Right. So they yeah, can yeah. buy it cheaper by stockpiling now than waiting for. And then when the one devaluates, they're paying up for it. Right. Okay. So that's the only logic I can work out. Now, he is right in the context that even the most optimistic guy had 110, 120. Oh. This went to 130 and it fell very quickly to 113. And it's bounced back a bit now. I think this will probably settle 90 to 100. And for me, that's the risk when you're an FMG. It's a one commodity yep. play. Yep. We, we were in BHP and Rio. We ran the cycle up. And a couple of months ago, we took Rio out of the models. So we only have BHP. I like that a bit more with mm, the energy same. play underperforming. So that's really the big miner mm. that we play in. Mm. FMG for me here is a sell. But it's, it is being run as well as it's ever been. Yeah. Okay. I have no problem with the stock. It's yeah. just a multiple I'm not willing to pay. 
yeah. and it's a one commodity place. So right. you got to be attention. coming down. Yeah, it's done okay. really well. All right. There you go, Nancy. That's a view on Fortescue. Uh, it has been in the calls portfolio and then makes an exit uh, as a re result of today. But some re really good points. And could they be stockpiling for a potential sort of hard-nosed trade war? With oh, that I completely agree. I'm not, I didn't want to say it, but that is, <laughs> that is, that is part, of, part of the argument because... For me, um, if I look through the currency, how yeah, that, yeah. The, the dynamics could play out, I can easily see one coming down quite a bit against the Aussie yeah. dollar. Mm -hmm. And yeah. then suddenly, Vale looks a hell of a, a lot, lot cheaper, cheaper than yeah. BHP Rio and FMG. Okay. Mind you, oh God, uh, FMG has been a lot more supportive of China than BHP Rio. Yeah, right. So yes. I think FMG will hold up probably better, yeah. Yeah. but yeah. Vale will do a hell of a lot better. Okay. All right. We don't even want to think about that with no. China. <laughs> sort of taking... Last from me. Yeah, yeah. 40% or a bit over 40% of our exports at the moment. Yes. Uh, Bruce, uh, Nathan wants a view on Beach Energy, the oil and gas uh, and production company based in Adelaide, all around Australia. Uh, in the energy sector, Beach and Santos statistically are the best beta plays. Uh, we always have this chat about this. Mm. Uh, Beach, oh, I think it's a good stock, but I have a problem obviously with what's happening in the oil price, yeah. where the sector is, there is still uncertainty. When you've got global growth jumping up and down, um, I think the market will be not well, decent amount of concern attached to it. And you've got the Asian users who run uh, the LNG price are yeah. not hitting full throttle yet. China is yeah. doing well, but everyone yeah. else is still having issues. Yeah. So global growth is still weak, the recovery cycle will be delayed and protracted. So I think you've got time. Right. And for me, th that's not where the, the commodities that are in play at this point. There are better commodities to have exposure to. So that's the only reason I'm not being positive on beach. Yep. Uh, I think it's relatively well run. I think it's one of the better exposures. Um, if <coughs> oil price starts to run and LNG price does well, um, this is one of the first two I would be jumping on. Mm. But it's just not right now. Okay. Yeah, Nathan's been trying to convince me of Beach for a long time, and I've never really come around. Um, Why? It's well managed. I just don't like the asset base. I, I don't think this is a particularly high quality business. It, it's okay. It's not a disaster. They just got assets all over the place, small yeah. stakes in all these little different bits and pieces. Um, I feel as though they they haven't really taken any risk. You know, in this in this business, you got to put your money on an asset and try and make it work. And they've just taken little stakes in all these different producing fields and they end up with a portfolio that's really of, of nothing. Mm. Um, and a third of their portfolio is, is linked to gas, um, uh, sorry, is, is, is fixed gas contracts. Uh, mm. Then they've got uh, exposure to LNG and oil. I mean, what do they want to do? I mean, I just don't see a coherent strategy here. I look at Woodside and there is a very clear definitive path that that business is going down. It has a whole bunch of above ground, above ground infrastructure. Yep. It's trying to use that infrastructure to monetize gas from all over the place, right? It's very clear, only a handful of assets, super well run. Um, this is well run. It, it, the balance sheet's in good shape. Returns have been pretty good historically, mm -hmm. but I, I, I wouldn't buy this for oil exposure. Right. I, I just think there are better options. But would you buy at Woodside? Yes, we own Woodside and have been sitting there losing money for uh, 12 months or so. I'll tell you one thing. Statistically yeah. speaking, if oil price starts to run, yeah. you jump on 
Santos and Beach first, yeah. Yeah. and then you lock in the profit and jump back to Woodside. <laughs> it always lags. It always oh, lags. Okay. So it feels that way, I tell you. But <laughs> it, it's a high, it, I don't disagree. It's a mm. high quality, well-managed business. Yeah. And because of that, the market knows that things are going to work out slowly, so you've got time. <laughs> so right. it's not the mm. sexy one. That's the, that's the only reason. Okay. Say. All right. Uh, Jamila wants uh, a view, Gaurav, on Imagine Biosystems. Now, this is another one of our med techs um, in the uh, breast cancer mm. sort of ra radiology uh, business, if you like. Um, they want to detect breast cancer and diseases earlier and they've just done a capital raise uh, by the sound of it and they have this MagSense, which is uh, a new technology. Yeah, so I saw all this as well, and I at first got armoured up and thought, right, here's a business to take to the cleaners. Um, yeah. But this is actually pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I think the technology is very interesting. They've thought about the economic model, and it's fantastic. So you end up with um, a piece of machinery, and then you've got um, uh, consumables um, that get monetized, and you've got tests that get monetized. Yeah. Um, so it's actually a, a very good model. I just don't know about the technical aspects, whether it works, how it's going to be funded. Right. The idea is quite interested, and I've, I'm, I'm interested in the idea. Because you've always been a big one for med techs that you can, um, that you've got a. Uh, follow up with supplies to a bit like uh, that's right espresso you buy the machine exactly. and then you've got to keep buying the pods it is the with best model buy the machine and then you've got to keep Hos buying the chemicals and ingredients exactly david hospitals are such inherently conservative organizations if you can get yeah. your device in there mm. you can charge them anything for yeah. the consumables <laughs> <laughs> and often yeah. that's what happens right. um, and okay. and nanosonics is yes. just yes, the, the master and, and i think just on, uh, on to digress a little bit Nanosonics perpetually gets um, misunderstood, mispriced because it operates lots of different revenue models, yeah. and so it's on metrics on our uh, um, on uh, PEs. It always looks silly, but right. it, I actually don't think it's silly as it looks. Um, but, but that's right. another story. Okay. This is um, worth putting on your watch list. It's far too early yeah. to start investing in this business. They've got a long way to go. Yeah. They still haven't proven that the technology works. They have to sign up customers. They have to fund themselves. Um, there is a lot to do here, but the idea is a good one, and the, the economic model is a good one. So I just watch it and, okay. and wait. Yeah, look, I, th I think the area is pretty good. Um, diagnostic imaging side of things have been doing quite well. Yep. Uh, most of them done really well. This is 80 mil market cap. I have to remember, um, probably six months ago, this was 10 mil. Uh, right. So it's done a decent rally, mm. and yeah. it's not that it fell to recover. It's actually been going sideways for a while, and then yeah. it's now starting. I think to one get of the looks pretty liquid too. Yes. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah. one of the regulatory authorities um, put a gold star on this. I think there's a label called um, oh. there's a spe special label for um, promising devices, and right. this this business, this device got that label, and it's, it's, so it gets it gets a bit of fast mm, fast yeah. track treatment. Right. So, Look, um, I think it's a I think it's definitely interesting. But it is illiquid, yeah. um, so obviously it'd be high risk. Mm. Um, I think there are questions about whether the management can deliver. I checked with the because I love biotech space. Right. Yeah. It, it's like mining, right? You, yeah. You're going for the blue sky, and if, <laughs> if one of them hits blue sky, it goes boom. Yeah. And uh, you always want to catch one of those. So I think it's it's an interesting one. Um, I think management, if they prove over the next six to twelve months. This could go a long way. So, mm. you know, yes, it's gone eight times in the last six months, but that's piddly amount. It's yeah. 80 million market cap. Mm. If they can execute, this can go a long way. But you have to know the management, trust management. Sure. And I'm 
I think the market still, from what I've heard from a number of guys, they're waiting to see whether they can okay. execute. So it is one, it's, I think it's high risk, but it's definitely an interesting stock. Okay, so one to watch. Yes. One to watch. Um, and keep following. Mm. Uh, and thanks for bringing it to our attention, yes. Jamila. Mm. It's really good. Why I love doing the call. You get some really interesting stocks coming up. Uh, finally, Nathan, uh, James wants a view on Nitro Software, a big SaaS software company into uh, productivity tools for, for big business. Look, I, I think it's an interesting stock. This is one that's been um, you know, mentioned to me a number of times. Uh, and I said, oh, another tech stock. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's how you start and go, yeah. Nitro. Oh, gee, that's corny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and then you look at it and go, it's actually not a bad model. Uh, it's, you know, I think they've executed well. Mm. Uh, the only thing I have is, again, a lot of these stocks are pricing in years of future performance into their share price right now. Yeah. I'm, I'm not saying they can't deliver. Uh, it's just that we're in a market where dreams are cheap. Uh, so we're buying dreams. So if they can execute, sure. Yeah. Um, I think you're buying a fair bit of dreams in this one right. at this point. Um, I think a lot of these stocks, as you can see from NASDAQ, you can see the stocks that are coming into IPO yeah. and a lot of the tech stocks, they are selling your 10-year growth story yeah. and yeah. you're going to be funding it for yeah. a very long time. Whereas you've got stocks like Technology One yeah. who are just delivering. Yeah, so you know, yeah. If, I, if, I was, if I was looking at you know, tech stock right now, what would I buy on a pullback? If I was looking at the big boys, Appen and Altium at the top end, uh, and in the smaller guys, I'd look at Ordinate and Vista Group at the bottom yeah. end. You just, I, I completely agree. They're the four stocks I would yeah. mention. So, right. so for me, <laughs> yeah. you've got proven guys, mm. proven models. Yeah. And this is early stage, and it could be, but you're buying same multiple. Yeah. So yeah, why yeah. would I go for someone who hasn't yet yeah. hit mm. that straps when I got yeah. something I'm going, Jesus, this is already a global model. Mm. And so that's why I'd say, I think the whole tech sector will have a pullback over the next few months. Yeah. And when it does come, those are the four I'm buying because okay. I know that they're proven models. Yeah. But this is, you know, I'm not saying it's a bad model. I think it's a great model. Mm. If it comes back far enough, I'd look at it. But look, it's, it's doubled in the last four or five months. Yeah. What hasn't? Uh, what hasn't, <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is true. Uh, but again, mm. I'd rather buy something that's a proven model yeah. on the pullback than something yet to prove, sure. that's all. Yeah, this is actually, I was ready to be skeptical about this as well. You know, another software business yeah. trading at what, just 10 times sales or something, you know, how Again, many of these? That is, that is the, one of the worst comments, not because you're saying it, mm. but it's just the price to projected oh, yeah, yeah. revenue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard that in the dot-com era. Yeah. I said, yeah. what is that? <laughs> this revenue that they might have in yeah. four yeah, years. That's right, that's right. I was right. like, how do you do that? <laughs> not, not earnings, no. it's revenue, yeah. Exactly. Uh, we actually had a bit of a dig at this, and um, I, I was pretty impressed. This is a, a much better business than I thought it would be. I really, um, I really like management. I think they've got real hustle. They, they are fighting giants in this space. There are yeah. a lot of competitors. They do um, uh, uh, productivity suites, I think, uh, Adobe. They're a competitor yeah, for Adobe. Right. Okay. Um, and they've got a whole range of products. Um, they, they are much cheaper, and they typically sell to... Well, they have lots of big clients as well, but they really target smaller um, businesses yeah. um, yeah. mostly. Um, and their, their claim to fame is that they're much cheaper, they're very nimble. I noticed that during the pandemic, um, they made a couple of their products available for free. They did it very quickly. Yeah. Um, and they're up against giants. Mm -hmm. um, so the, 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 the fact that they've performed so well and gaining so much market share speaks well of their product and of their management. I don't think the valuation is bonkers. Uh, you know, I say that dangerously because I'm very concerned about this whole software space. Yeah. Um, we don't own it. We haven't put a buy on it. But 
I think this is one we've okay. certainly got on our watch list. If there's a okay. pullback, I agree. This is one it's, I would It's, I would it's a quite an interesting yeah. space. I think the, the space needs attention. So yeah. I'm keeping an eye on it. But again, it's run too hard, or the whole sector has. So yeah. when, you know, when the tide comes off, everyone comes down. And so that might offer you the opportunity. Great. All right. Let's just recap the, uh, the final uh, five stocks. Um, Sonic Healthcare, yes, but on a pullback and the market pulls back. <laughs> Uh, Fortescue, take your profits um, and uh, uh, be thankful you've been in a stock like that, yeah. I reckon, but it is time to cash in. Uh, a no for a beach. Uh, imagine Biosystems, uh, really interesting business that we're going to keep a watch on going through and Nitro Software to watch that as well. Uh, Gaurav Sodi, great to see you. Likewise. What's Thank Intelligent you. Investor been covering? Uh, well, actually, I've got to give props to Nathan because he's been bugging me out Vista Group and we finally got an analyst on it and was looking at it and we upgraded Vista Group, in fact. Oh, so thank yeah. you, Nathan, for the idea. See, you've got a winner, <laughs> haven't you? Yeah. And Nathan Sundaram from Deep Dive Analytics. What have you learned from Gora? <clears throat> Oh. Oh, how long do you have? The biggest thing with Gora is he doesn't care what I think. Yeah. <laughs> he will absolutely go after anything that he thinks is crap. So right. I'm, I'm always happy to play it around. And you'll analyse it. Guys, always great to catch up. Likewise. Thank you for your Thanks. time. Uh, that's our show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover here, flick us an email at call at osbiz.com.au. Use the Twitter handle at osbiz.tv. Um, head to the Calls portfolio if you want to have a look at the stocks in it that have had unanimous thumbs up from uh, both our uh, experts. None to go in today, um, mm. but Fortescue coming out of the calls portfolio. And if you want to catch up with everything that's happened during the day and you've missed it, uh, subscribe to COB. That's uh, Scuddy and Nadine's newsletter. comes out every night at 5.30pm. We'll be in your inbox. Subscribe at osbiz.co slash join. And if you're looking for uh, private equity um, areas and uh, fundraisings, uh, you need to look at the Startup Daily show. Um, Carl Hartman, who we've been following for a while through Startup Daily um, with his liars uh, group, a um, non-alcoholic spirit company. Uh, it's just secured a $16 million investment from the Middle East. Um, just tune in, even if you're not in, interested in the business, tune in because Carl is a serial entrepreneur. He's uh, started about four businesses and uh, sold out, and uh, this one's going great guns as well. That's a startup daily show between two and three. So a lot more ahead on Ausbiz. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon.